to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but I don't know if you know this, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? So good. So good. So good. So, so good. Not so, so good, but so, so good. good. Yes. Emphasis on the so. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about Twice Shy by Sarah Hogel, and later we are going to reveal more. In fact, the final chapters of our No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance in the categories of Need a Good Laugh and Need a Good Cry. So, but first, Mom. Ellen. What have you been reading and watching? Okay, what have I been reading? So the last episode I was halfway through Witches Get Stitches, um, and I didn't I I had to stop in the middle so I could read the book for our podcast so I went back and finished it loved it yeah very a delightful book yeah and saucy right um yeah it it wasn't like a ton of sex but when they had sex it was intense it was intense and they were dirty talkers yeah they were (laughs) which we know I hate (laughs) Ellen hates that poor darling had to suffer through that um then I read Barely Sincerely Yours by Carrie Winfrey. I don't want to say too much because I think this is on our... It might end up on our next list. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to say too much. I really liked it. Um, it's delightful. <laughs> our sweet little Carrie Winfrey. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I read Twice Shy by Sarah Hogel for today's episode. Yeah. Um, I didn't read anything extra this week. What? Lazy bum. I know. It's so true. Um, instead... I got wrapped up, and then I ended up getting mom and dad wrapped Seriously up. Seriously wrapped up. In, no, um, no joke. I watched two separate um, documentary series this week about the Nixium cult. Um, I watched The Vow, which is on HBO, and then I watched Seduced, which is on Stars. Um, and that the is... The bottom line is, girls, don't let anyone talk you into being in a sex... Master sex cult. Master slave sex cult. That's it. Where you brand yourself (laughs) with some creepos, creepo pedophiles initials that are posing as the elements, you sick bastard. But I think the thing with the, the documentaries, though, that was interesting to me is because these people were like well-educated and smart people. And seemed like. Very logical and sweet. And got sucked up into this thing. And you're thinking, how would someone get sucked up into this? But it does a good job of telling, showing you the progression that he used to go from being like a self-help cult. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course it wasn't a cult. It was a self-help program. program. Um, and then how he just kind of, you know, and so he sucks all these people in with his charisma and his great ideas. And this will make you a better person. And then how that just evolves into craziness but he's already got them to where they like really idolize him and um and then he would say things like he would be having these discussions and i'd be like okay i agree with that i agree with that okay that is a crazy man talking right there so he would sprinkle it with stuff that made sense or that sounded logical and then it would like well and his whole i don't mean i don't we don't need to go on no 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 a super lengthy tangent about it but I found it interesting that, you know, yeah, it starts off as this self-help thing and to the point where it's like these are people who are just like looking to try and better themselves and their lives and it's 
it's really kind of sad how they got taken advantage of. And then he does this thing, though, where his whole self-help thing is any doubts, any fears that you're having, those are just things that are in your brain trying to tear you down. So that's how he starts to pick away at you know, their gut feelings that are like, something isn't right here. It's like, oh, well, that's just your doubt talking. Those are just your limitations. Your fears holding you back. Yeah. And so that's this whole thing about how he really starts to just chip away at their own warning signs. Well, and and, and not, yeah, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. However, it... it, (laughs) But we really went down the dark hole. We did go down the rabbit hole. But, um, But so, like, to the point where it's like, okay... I'm not going to judge these people because that, I mean, people can get sucked into stuff like that. So, yeah. And, um, and I, both of them do a really good job at showing you how they and you potentially could, you yeah. know, get sucked into this stuff. And, um, so yeah. don't, don't do that. If, if you're in <laughs> doubt, come and ask me and I'll tell you, I'll let you know. <laughs> She'll shoot straight with you. <laughs> you're being crazy right now. Um, but yeah, it was really good. And he is a freaking creepo and I'm so glad he's in jail. Yeah, now me for too. 120 Yay. years, you bastard. Anyway, <laughs> um, we also started, we watched the first episode of Girls 5 Eva. Yes. Which we are going to need to watch more of because it's, as mom said when we finished, it's got Ellen written all over it. <laughs> it does. It's about a girls group from the late, from the late 90s, early 2000s. A Spice Girls-esque Spice Girls Yeah, yeah it's like very clearly Spice Girls because it's like, okay, so she's supposed to be posh, obviously. She's supposed to be sporty, obviously. <laughs> um, and it's just funny. Um, and then we've just been continuing to love Ted Lasso, or should I say Led Tasso, and, um, and, uh, Schmigadoon. Yeah. And Roy Kent. Roy Kent. Ad- Kent. Adjacently. Get it forever. Five Eva. <laughs> Five Eva. <laughs> um, yeah, I love him so much. Bless his sweet profane heart. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that's what we've been loving and watching Love, watching and loving yes. is what I will say because yes. we loved all of that. Um, okay, today we're going to be talking about Twice Shy by Sarah Hogel. It is a standalone book that came out in April. We previously featured her book, You Deserve Each Other, last year. In fact, I was telling mom, looking at our lists from this summer and last summer, it's the same exact authors because we had Rosie Dennon, Emily Henry, Sarah Hogel, um, <laughs> and then uh, Kate Claiborne. Yeah. So it's we have all the same people. Um, but we voted it, we voted You Deserve Each Other as having our swooniest moment of the year last year because um, it did. And we, um, I think we both gave it at least a really liked You Deserve Each Other. Um, we had that, we had my cousin Chelsea on the episode, that episode with us. Um, and had a delightful time chatting with her about it. We do love Chelsea. So here is the back cover description for Twice Shy. Mabel Parrish has always been a dreamer and a hopeless romantic, but living in her own world has long been preferable to dealing with the disappointments of real life. 
So when Mabel inherits a charming house in the Smokies from her great-aunt Violet, she seizes the opportunity to make a fresh start. Yet when she arrives, it seems her troubles have only just begun. Not only is the house falling apart around her, but she isn't the only inheritor. She has to share everything with Wesley Kohler, the groundskeeper who's as grouchy as he is gorgeous, and it turns out he has very different he has a very different vision for the property's future. Convincing the taciturn Wesley to stop avoiding her and compromise is a task more formidable than the other dying wishes Great Aunt Violet left behind. But when Mabel uncovers something unexpectedly sweet beneath Wesley's scowls, and as the two slowly begin to let their guard down, they might learn that sometimes the smallest steps outside one's comfort zone can lead to the greatest rewards. Mom, what did you think of Twice Shy? Ellen. I loved this book. <laughs> Me too. I loved this book. <laughs> I also loved I gave it five stars. I haven't had a five-star read in a long time, and I loved it. Likewise. I, like, seriously loved it. Yeah. And I, I finished it before Mom, and I was like, you're going to love it. I loved it. <laughs> it's... Like, yeah. Well, I, all, I was already in love with it because I was most of the way through it by then. But yeah. um, I loved it. I just loved it. It. I will give it this. It's a little hard to get into it first because, especially like that first chapter is kind of all over the place because she's mm -hmm. a daydreamer. And so you you start out in one of her daydreams and you're like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. And then you get into her life and you're like, so why is this even a thing? Why, why are you even friends with this horrible person? And why are yeah. you... <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Yeah, I'm sure we are. But um, so it was a little hard to that first chapter to kind of. But once you get into the rhythm of her daydreams, which I found delightful as it went on. Yeah. And I could totally picture in my brain a movie made of this and her black and white daydreams of this yeah. cafe and everything. And I could totally picture it in my brain. And once I got into that kind of rhythm of it, I, I loved it. Well, it's very, I mean, the premise is straight, straight out of Hallmark. I need to make that shirt. <laughs> um, but it's straight out of Hallmark. It's like. Well, the, the inn. Yeah. The, <laughs> the hotel. The ramshackle inn that they're turning into, a, or ramshackle like manor estate that they're turning into a hotel. And they have differing opinions. Should it, I want it to be an animal sanctuary. I want it to be a hotel. How will we ever work this out? <laughs> Um, all of that is like so Hallmarkian, if, if I dare say. Um, but that just made me love it all the more. And um, yeah, I don't want to say too much more because I've got questions about all the all, stuff I want to say. All that? Yeah. Well, fire away, Ellen. Fire okay. away with your questions. I bet I don't know what the first one is. I bet I do. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Um, what did you think of Mabel as our heroine? I loved Mabel. I thought she was funny. I thought she was... Here's what I liked about Mabel, and we've brought this up before. I love that she wore glasses, but that wasn't... A thing that needed to be changed about yeah, her. Yeah, or, or it wasn't, like, a defining thing about her. It's just, she was still cute. He still found her cute and beautiful, even though she wore glasses. And thank you very much for that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um... But it wasn't like a thing that she felt self-conscious about or something that kept coming up in the story. It was yeah. just kind of a cute thing. I loved that. Um, I loved her daydreams. I loved her, like, having to shake herself into IRL. Yeah. <laughs> where she, like, literally, like, blacks out. Where she's like, how long was I out? <laughs> um, and then I just loved 
all and then like her daydreams become fewer mm-hmm. or less um, daydreamy because like real things are going on in her life. Real life starts becoming more better than her daydreams. Yeah. And um, I just liked all of that transition. And uh, yeah. I well, liked her standing up for herself and then realizing that wasn't as satisfying as I thought it was going to be. Well, standing up for herself and halfway through standing up for herself realizes I don't need to do this, at least yeah. not the way that I set out to do it, which we're going to talk about that too. Um, yeah, I really loved her and I really, we're going to talk about the daydream stuff too, but um, I really thought at the beginning, some of the daydream stuff, I was like, uh, yeah, you're right. It's like you kind of, it's kind of hard to figure out what all's going on and sometimes it's a little like jarring to come in and out of it. Um, but I really thought that it defined her character really well. Like, Definitely. I, we, you really got to know her, and I really felt in her head, you know? Yeah. Because you get her POV really clearly, you get her voice really clearly, um, and just the way her mind works. And I'm I'm a fellow daydreamer. I mean, I once had a dream that I... I, I know I've mentioned this. I had a dream that I married Chris Evans, and that's a frequent daydream. Um, who hasn't had that? That I, <laughs> that I elaborate on, you know, when I'm wakeful and just thinking about how I my life... I had a dream of I was married to Jim, James Garner. Yeah, and how you should have married him instead uh-huh, of that. I should have married that. And I bring that up frequently. Yeah. Um, I wrote down this line from Mabel and... Where in her POV, she says, It's rough when you have a nature that begs you to avoid heartache at all costs, but also makes you wear your heart on your sleeve. And I wrote that because I thought it really captured her because she is, she's just this little people pleaser who, at the sake of, at the risk of her own well being, often it just wants to please. Right. And, um, but she also like, that puts her in trouble because she doesn't put her actual feelings out there enough to like risk the heartache kind of thing and risk offending people or things like that. And, um, yeah, I just really, I loved her. I thought she was such a sweet little goofball and, um, yeah, I just really liked her as a heroine. Um, and I also wrote down this line, we Mabel's see your, you can't do this and we raise you and it may take me longer, but just watch me. And that's another one that I... I loved how she talked about Mabel's. herself in third person and in plural. Yeah. <laughs> third person plural. <laughs> it's like, we Mabel's. We Mabel parishes. And I love how he calls her out. He's like, are there a lot of you Mabel's? Because I don't know if I can handle that. Um, and yes, I, I loved her journey, which was... Just finding her confidence and finding, you know, kind of demanding her space in the universe kind of thing where it's like, you know what? I've been trampled on enough and I'm just going to make this happen because <laughs> how often am I going to be given, you know, a chance to like fulfill my dreams and make it happen. So she did kind of drive me crazy, though, when he was trying to clean out that house. And I was like, girlfriend, just let him throw that well, crap away. In the beginning, <laughs> when it was such a hoarders episode, I was like, this might bug mom because um, mom. Well, it's just like in the last book we read where she wouldn't get rid of her grandma's stuff. And I was like, oh, just throw her stuff away. I'm Although, not- to be fair, from the sounds of it, 
I was wanting them to sell, because I was like, this is going to cost a freaking arm and a leg to fix up this house. And it sounded like there was stuff in that house that they that could sell. That was another question I had, because the work that they did was truly thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm not sure where they got all the money for all that's, this. Well, yeah, and that's... And I think it's because they sold a lot of stuff. They sold a lot of, and she had a lot of stuff that wasn't even open. It was in unopened yeah, that's boxes. What I mean. and, yeah, it's, it's like a lot so of QVC shopping. I was sort of on her side because she wasn't trying to keep it for sentimental reasons. Um, she was trying to keep it for like. But she was it keeping like clothes with broken zippers. And <laughs> I know, but that and was kind of cute because he'd come in and she's wearing like, like all this crazy clothes. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Told you, I can make <laughs> Told it." Told you, I wear it. <laughs> Got all unmatching got cowboy hat, and <laughs> Sunny and Cher shirt, <laughs> ponchos. And, um, hey, don't knock ponchos. Yeah, um, yeah. So I just I loved her, and um, I thought she was a lot of fun. So what did you think of Wesley? Wesley as our was hero? there a Wesley in this book? <laughs> oh my gosh! I think because Ellen was gone all day yesterday, and I sent her a cinnamon roll gift because I was like, this guy. Yeah, he. Well, he starts out as kind of a dick, but... Yes, like, grumpy hero alert in the beginning. Grumpy but hero alert and virgin hero virgin alert. Virgin hero alert! <laughs> yeah. But he's got, like, social anxiety, literally. I mean, he's, he's more than just shy. It's, yeah. It's, he, like, cannot handle like, being around... Up yeah, when... can't handle being around people that he doesn't know. And um, mm-hmm. he... But he just turns out to be so Such delightful. A sweetheart. Yeah. Goodness he, sake. He really is. Um, Definitely in contention for boyfriend of the year. Yeah. He's, yeah. Because I loved him so, so much. Yeah. He's super sweet. The things that he says are so sweet. And I loved, I just loved him trying so hard. Like, well, once he, they started getting things going. And, and he would be, you know, when she is, like, and she's the one that's more social, but and yeah. she would be second guessing everything, and and then he would just say something about like when he talks about counting Mabels to go to sleep, and I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, that is just the sweetest. He just said he likes counting Mabels when he goes to sleep. <laughs> You're the cutest thing. Yeah. Um, I wrote down this line for him because it's from her POV. She says, "I think he's under a curse. If he laughs, he'll die. That this is a sensible explanation to me. It is." It isn't that I'm not a joy to be around. It's that he'll literally die. Because um, that was super cute. And, it, I mean, this book, I almost want to go back and read it again. Because I feel like there's probably so many things where when you read it, knowing how kind of debilitating this anxiety is for him. Um, just because she starts to put two and two together that, okay, he wasn't being a dick, he was just super shy. And he uh, was sleeping in a crawl space oh attic. Oh gosh, that was the best part. And not a bedroom. Um, and he was drawing pictures of me. And he, when she well, finds especially those Especially when you find out that he's claustrophobic. And then yeah. he was sleeping in this little tiny crawl space. Yeah. And told her that it was a second bedroom up there. Well, and also he tells her that, um, he's like, yeah, that's why I started communicating with you through the notes and through the texts is because sometimes it's so bad for me that I can't say what I want to say. Yeah. Say what I want to say. So it's easier for me to just put my words out to you that way. And, um... All of that, in hindsight, was just like, mm-hmm. so he was sweet. struggling with so many things. Yeah. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, he's such a sweetheart. And I also just loved his, like, first of all, I love that his 
sanctuary becomes the farm upstate. <laughs> That's so cute. And yeah, just his love of animals and well, that um, whole story because his parents told him that they he, they sent his cow to a farm, farm upstate. upstate. <laughs> you know that that old that old line. Um, yeah. So I just thought he was just the biggest little teddy bear, and also yeah, that he's I okay. This didn't Ellen, get... he watched X-Files with Violet. I know. That's... Ugh, that, gosh dang him. That would have gotten you. Um, I also thought it was really sweet, and I wanted to kind of follow up on this with him, but um, where every time she looked at his artwork, he drew himself smaller than he is, and so that kind of speaks of some insecurities about well, how... He, d- he definitely had insecurities. About how big and um, kind of maybe oafish, you know, yeah. he, he feels. And um, so I kind or of... Or maybe it's just he doesn't see himself as a big guy. He sees himself as small and insignificant. Yeah. Um, so I kept thinking that there might be follow-up on that with him to, like, no, you're okay. Well, like, I think they both might need a little bit of therapy yeah. going forward because she had such a screwed-up childhood. But, um, yeah. I also kept thinking there was going to be a scene where the mom shows up and... And tries to ruin everything, yeah. but that didn't happen. And, and I think I'm okay, okay with it yeah. because the mom was a pill as well. <laughs> um, okay. What, so we kind of t- touched on this, but what did you make of the whimsy of the book um, and kind of her dreamscape? Her daydream. And... I really enjoyed it. I thought, I, I loved using it, like I said, I loved using it as a um, a way of showing her transitioning from this daydream life mm-hmm. to I don't need the daydreams anymore because I got this great life going on. Yeah. And um uh and it just made for such a great scene. I don't know if you want to get into um hmm do I want to get into it? Well, let's just say she describes the her daydream of this cafe. And he does a thing to try to bring it to life for her a bit. Uh, and I can't even call it a grand gesture, really, because... It he, sort of is. It's a grand gesture, but it's not to help him overcome some kind of great conflict. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, because he sets out doing it before they've even done anything, you know, towards starting a relationship. Right. Um, but it's adorable. It's Let's adorable. talk about it. Um, yeah, he... She describes this cafe in spoiler her... Spoiler di- alert if you don't want to listen to it. Um, yeah, she describes her cafe to him, and he, they kind of are staking out their spaces of the house, like, who's going to get what, and he says, he, like, kind of demands the conservatory. He wants the sun, or the, the sunroom, sun and she thinks it's to turn it into a conservatory, and... Because he's a plant guy. Yeah, and it turns out he's turning it into her dream cafe, and it's freaking adorable, and I love kind of talking about, like you were saying, where... Her reality becomes better than her dream world. Um, I love the line kind of where she mentions, like, he didn't get it quite right, obviously, but it becomes better than the dream version. Because he made it. Yeah. And and she even says, like, this becomes the new, you know, this becomes the new dream version. Yeah. Because... um, Well, even while she was describing it to him the first time he was sitting drawing it on a napkin and mm-hmm. and or he you know he was drawing on a napkin and then she 
sees it and she's like, oh my god. And gosh. I thought something, I thought something like that might happen, that he was either going to draw it or just because he was like taking notes on what she was saying. And when she was kept describing. asking her to describe it more. Describe it more. Tell me more. Yeah. And I just thought it was so cute. Um, and kind of uh, within the whimsy of the story too is the the mural. And I thought that scene was really cute where they that just was kept really cute. going back and forth, drawing a little. And this mural sounded insane. <laughs> well, um, adding little things to the mural. First of all, when she, when she was painting with watercolors, I'm like, girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a mural on and a wall. And it's driving him crazy. He's like, uh, let me get you, use that brush. Don't use that <laughs> And one. let's use, use this paint. Use this paint. Um, and yeah, this mural that's got a pirate ship, a steamboat, uh, trees with decoration, Christmas decorations, well, a sea on monster, them. a sea monster, um, little people on the boat. All of it just started to sound insane, but I loved it. <laughs> um, they kept going back and forth, adding different things to the. Yeah, and I just, I really loved her. It's like I said, it took me a second to warm up to the the dream vision things uh the daydreaming uh but by the end i loved it and i i loved that it informed her pov so much and like you know where he says so when are you gonna take me to venice on your private jet you beautiful genius (laughs) and uh (laughs) and she just kind of i don't know i i i just thought it spoke a lot to um this person who has aspirations but is too kind of um, reserved and trying to please other people rather than herself, that she just kind of gets this little getaway, you know? Yeah, this little dream world. And um, I just really, I loved, I loved it as an element of the book. I thought it was really fun. Um, And I loved how, like, in her dream world, her parents would be there. Yeah. And her mother, who was a flake, and, like, she didn't even know who her father was, but in her daydreams... Her mother and father are there. And my dad is Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> they're super supportive. Yeah. <laughs> and they're super supportive. And, you know, so it's just, it was just funny, this little world she yeah. built. Um, let's talk about Gemma and catfishing and what a freaking heinous bitch she is. Okay. Gemma. Yes. Okay. Done. We did it. Okay. Move next on. question. <laughs> no, no. I do want to talk about that because as much, Okay. So just background, this friend, this friend, and I'm using finger quotes, friend, um, who was terrible, but she got mad at, at, um, Maybell because she, like a guy that she, she liked. Yeah, she didn't even do anything. Yeah. It's just that a guy that Gemma liked showed maybe some interest in Mabel and it's not even confirmed that that is the case. It's like. He just I, like talked to her. Was, yeah maybe flirty with her a little bit but they never went out or anything yeah and so she got mad and catfished her with this makeup guy who contacted her on some some dating app or dating something but she had used pictures this is the fun part (laughs) she had like i guess she found these random pictures on well it was a guy and i i'm i'm betting that uh, there was a phase where Gemma crushed on, on Wesley, where they were both working at the same golf course. And so she obviously cyber-stalked him and got these pictures of him to use to catfish Mabel. So when Mabel, Mabel shows up at, um, at the house and Wesley's there, she's like, oh my gosh, you're real. <laughs> yeah, you're my dream man. And, what, and he's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, I love, too, that that could have... I kept thinking that that was going to end up being, like, the conflict because she doesn't tell him about it for a while. She doesn't tell him that... In fact, I love the... Um, where anytime she asked him, like, a personal question, he's like, why do you have a picture of me on your phone? And she's <laughs> like, like, fine, no. I won't ask you that. <laughs> um, I was afraid that that was going to be, like, the conflict, that um, he was going to find out that she had fallen in love with him previously and that was, like, a weird thing for him and he couldn't get over it, you know. I mean, a different, but it wasn't. A different book could have done that. But it, it didn't, and I loved that. And I, in fact, I love that she find he finds out, and she's like, "You're not weirded out." And he said, "No, I'm flattered that you swiped right on me." <laughs> and in fact, it kind of makes me wish that I had that we had met, met a while ago earlier. And um, but it it's the thing that's fun about the setup is that this guy that's been in her daydreams all this time actually turns out to be Wesley. I mean, it was Jack McBride or whatever yeah. <laughs> whatever his name was in, in her made-up world. But, um, yeah, so the guy who she's been daydreaming about all these all this time mm-hmm. was Wesley. Yeah, and it makes for some funny moments early on. Um, and, too, I like, you know, we kind of talk about, um, I like that she starts to, you know, because in the beginning she's like, he is not my dream man. He's such a jerk. Yeah. Whatever. But then as she starts to fall in love with him, it's like... He's the, better than The reality <laughs> is so much better than the fantasy yeah. because he's real and he's got real problems and, um, you know, he's not calling me a beautiful genius all the time, although he does think she's pretty beautiful. Um, and I love her set down of Gemma because we mentioned she kind of... She gets all amped up and she's like, I'm going to go tell off Gemma. She's she's going to tell off her boss. But then when she gets there, she realizes, nope, I just need to tell off Gemma. Yeah. And she does. And um, she kind of stands up to herself and tells Gemma, like, I've never said this, but you really hurt me. You were supposed to be my friend and I trusted you. And you're a horrible friend. betrayed that big time. And I love it, too, because someone like Gemma is not going to say, you know what? You're right. I did behave horribly, and I'm sorry. Instead, she storms off and, you know, knows and, and that like, she's in the right. And like Maybelle says, she's probably off to, to gossip about me and how horrible I am and, yeah. and commiserate with someone. And I thought that that was great. And, you know, I think, like I said, a, a different book might have either had her say, you know what, you're right, or it, um, I don't know, but I just, I love that Mabel was able to walk away from that and be like, okay, I set out to do what I, what, what I needed to do has been done. And that's all that needs well, to happen. Well, and I like that, you know, she's like, okay, I guess I'm glad I did it, but it doesn't make me feel as great as, as I thought it was going to make me feel. Yeah. I, I liked her reaction to, to it. And, um, and, yeah, like you said, a different book could have ruined that whole yeah. setup. Or made it more kind of Hollywood moment-y yeah. and... Um, I just, it felt more real that way. And, uh, <laughs> I like that she's wearing like an 80s power suit. Yeah, she's, she's like, are those shoulder pads? <laughs> she's like, yes, they are. <laughs> she's feeling all confident. Um, yeah, she was so cute. And also on top of that, I love that while she's in the building telling off Gemma, 
he is in the parking lot of this old hotel that she used to work at and is putting flyers on every car. <laughs> all the cars. Uh, for her new hotel. And I just, I, I loved that. Um, okay, let's talk about Violet and her scheming and how much I love her for it. Oh. Because um, we never meet Violet. No. But bless her sweet dead heart. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the story of her and Victor and how they met and got together. And I loved kind of getting snippets of their love letters back and forth to each other. And you just still, even like you said, we don't ever meet her. But I still felt like I knew her by the end of the book. And, um, yeah, her scheming. Because when... They read her list of wishes that she... Things that they have to do. um, And she says... Or she's going to curse them for a thousand years or something. (laughs) And she tells Wesley that he, you know, they need to do a movie night and he needs to make the donuts that she loves so much and that Mabel needs to draw a mural. I was like, I thought Mabel's thing was making donuts. So that's kind of weird. But then as soon as it becomes when they're... When she's trying to draw the mural um, and it becomes clear that painting and drawing is more Wesley's thing. I was like, I see what you're I doing here, I see what you're Violet. doing, Violet, you <laughs> scheming little. <laughs> and um, I, I just loved all of that and thought it was adorable. And I think it also further adds to kind of the whimsy of the story as well. Yeah. Because you've kind of got final wishes and... Um, and treasure hunts. And talking from the grave, kind of <laughs> scheming from the grave and treasure hunts and all that. Yeah, like you say. And I just thought it was all super cute. Um, okay, let's talk about the conflict, which is pretty insignificant. Is there a conflict? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I guess if anything were to be a conflict, it would be that... Um, so, this is another thing that further adds to the whimsy. Um, Wesley believes in the Loch Ness Monster and Sasquatch, and he wants to see... And aliens and the, yeah, the whole thing. He wants to see the Loch Ness Monster to... Um, but not take pictures but of But not it. take pictures, because he wants to know that there can be a creature like this that exists that nobody has ever... That no one knows about. That no one has ever seen kind of thing. Um, so he wants to, like, have that kind of faith in in something like that um so she's like okay let's i'm gonna go tell off my boss and you're gonna go to scotland and find the loch ness monster so they get on a plane and uh it becomes very evident that he can't deal well he's claustrophobic and has social anxiety so being in an airplane is just about like so killing him he ends up getting off the plane and then the plane takes off without him and so she ends up in scotland without him and so that is kind of the conflict, but it's not really a big deal. Yeah. Well, she's not mad about it. She understands what his what his problem is. And so she just she's spending all her time calling him and FaceTiming him and, and talking to him all the time about what she's seen. And so he's kind of living vicariously through her. And then he shows up. He shows up in Scotland, um, which I saw coming. So. I guess in place of talking about conflict, because there's not really one, let's talk about the depiction of this anxiety problem that he has. Um, What did you think of that as a character trait for him and kind of how it's portrayed? Um, First of all, I loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, not that... 
Not that you love that he has social No, I, I feel bad for him because I'm sure it's been hard for him. And especially when he talks about, like, his brothers and all they've done and all they've been able to accomplish. And, and even, like, he's got this landscaping business and he can't even sit in an office and talk to someone about landscaping. He says he always makes them go out and walk around the, the, mm-hmm. the yard with him because he can't stand being in an enclosed like, space with people. in a conversation, I guess. Especially with people that he doesn't know. And um, when you begin to understand the the depth of this problem he has, you're like, oh, you sweet little butternut squash. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, he, and just the fact that he even ever spoke to Maybell, you're like. Well, and that really kind of adds to what we were talking about, like his own self-image of his insignificance. I think. You know, he compares himself to his brothers and things like that. And that's kind of what further adds to his in his insecurities and um, and why it adds to why he's a, still a virgin. Bless his little heart. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought that it was. And I also like that he's like this big, beautiful guy that she just assumed like, yeah, girls are probably freaking all over you. And he's like. Oh, gosh, I hope not. Just, um. <laughs> Can't even go. To, he doesn't like going to restaurants because he doesn't like being sitting at a table with people all around him. Yeah. I mean, just and I understood it all and it all made sense. I mean, I I, I get it. I I mean, I'm not like that because I will go to a restaurant any day of the I week. I don't think anybody who has a podcast would be like that. But um, you don't I think, see me as a, a shy, <laughs> no, wilting gosh, violent. No, um, I'm I'm more like that than you are for sure. Um, and yeah, I just, I really liked the representation. I really liked, um, kind of what it added to his character and yeah, just, and, and the ways that she started to realize how she needed to work with it. And, you know, (laughs) she's making his house into a hotel and he has social anxiety disorder. And so she just tells him like, yeah, he couldn't imagine anything worse than that. Yeah. I mean, he's just, the thought of other people coming and staying at his house just about kills him. Yeah, and so I thought it was really sweet how they kind of found this compromise and how she began to realize how much that is his worst nightmare and how much it meant that he was willing to still give it to her, you know? That's also well, just I'm hoping really that they sweet. just end up living out in the cottage and then letting the hotel... The the well, cabin. I bet that they just kind of turn like, the top floor or something into their Their space. Their space. Um, And, yeah, I just, it also made me just really want to go stay at their sweet little hotel. In Tennessee. Yeah. Where else could we visit while we're in Tennessee? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I, all all that, I I just loved everything about him. Yeah. From the get-go. Yeah. Well, no, I did not from the get-go, (laughs) because. He was kind of a dick. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Once I found out about the. The crawl, the attic, the attic, and his drawing of her. Yeah, and then I was no, like, the, as, "Okay, I, I'm on board. Yeah, whatever, whatever happens now, I'm in love with him." That is also <laughs> that was also my turnaround. I'm like, uh, like as soon as that started happening, I was like, "Okay, I'm never putting this book down again." Um, and that's exactly how that shit went down. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. That as soon as that went down, I was like, "This yes, this book is it. Thank you." <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's talk about sex. And I think a, B well, or okay. something else first. Yeah, something else first because we haven't even mentioned him up in the tree. 
which was mm-hmm. delightful and cute and so sweet. And mm-hmm. her sitting down on the ground and him throwing a paper airplane at her. And, you know, so they're passing notes back and forth while he's up in a tree and she's, which is actually the cover of the book. But yeah. it's, um, it's adorable. Mm-hmm. And that's when she actually ends up explaining to him about the her dream cafe. Um, let's talk about sex. Yes, let's. Um, like we said, virgin hero alert. Virgin hero alert. Um, but well handled. Yeah. The sex is pretty tame. Um, which is very in, in keeping with the book. Keeping with the tone of the book. Because yeah. it was a very sweet story. Um, but I need Not to, that sex can't be sweet. It needs to be mentioned that um, I love in the kind of sex semblance of a sex scene that we get that she's talking him through her fantasy and she's like now flex your arms <laughs> now, now do this. take your pants off and swing them off your head he's like i'm not doing that <laughs> and i really loved that too because it kept it light which yeah. i think he needed and um i just thought that that was really sweet and um yeah. yeah, it was, the sex scene was very, um, like, lightly explained, can we say, mm-hmm. and um, kind of like the uh, the book we had last week, it was, you know, yeah. kind of very, um, like, talking about the feelings instead of the actual stuff that's going on, mm-hmm. so, and I was, I loved it, because, especially since it was his first time, I didn't want to be voyeuristic and, and <laughs> hear every little nuance, but... Yeah. Um, I wrote down this line. He doesn't kiss like a dream, doesn't touch like a fantasy. He is Wesley. Real. And that's kind of where we get what we were talking about earlier, where she starts to like the real thing more than (laughs) Than the the fantasy. fantasy. Um, And, yeah, I just, I liked all of that. Um, And you're probably noticing, I wrote down a lot of lines. I loved so many lines in this book. There were so many great lines in this book. Well, there's so many great lines of her... Like POV. May, May Bell's POV is just really fun to read, and she says a lot of funny things in mm-hmm. her POV. And then their banter is really cute once they actually once he actually once, starts talking. Once he starts allowing for banter. Um. Okay, what is your swooniest moment? Oh my gosh. in this book, like the last two thirds of the book. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to pick. Is- Pretty much anything from the from the attic scene on is. So can I go first? Yes, go. Okay, I'm going. Really, the whole camping expedition was, like, it for me. Um, But I will single it out as the rain kiss, where he has to pull over right now because he just has to kiss her right now. And I just loved that. Well, I think in his head he was thinking, if I get all the way to the, you know, house... It's We're going to enter our, like, comfort zone again. Yeah, and, and it's not going to happen. So yeah. I, w- I want this to happen before we get home. Because he actually stops, like, on the driveway. Yeah, and it's so hot. It is pretty hot. And um, swoony. And I just loved it. And um, I loved forced proximity pancakes. And I loved, I wrote down this line from her POV when they're getting ready to go camping she says we could be stuck here for days together a a rogue porcupine could shred my sleeping bag forcing us against our to against our wills share a single sleeping bag what a shame that would be i can't even entertain the thought and then she's like i continue to entertain the thought for (laughs) um yeah so stuff like that i loved so sweeniest moment i loved the conversation they were they were having in the tent this is before they ever even kissed or anything, but 
when he's talking about count counting Mabel's, she's like, I count sheep. And he's like, does mm-hmm. that work for you? She's like, yeah, what do you count? And he's like, I count Mabel's. And um, I just thought that was delightful. And then so later on, she says, did you count Mabel's? And he's like, I can't count Mabel's. I'd never it's get too to distracting. sleep. <laughs> um, and I also love where she, in that same conversation, she's like, my room is right below yours. He's like, yeah, I'm aware. It's very distracting because <laughs> you can just because she kept hearing him pacing and as a reader we're like oh why is he pacing because yeah. you know well and he hears her not, get up at three o'clock in the morning and shut her window every morning and we're not amateur romance readers we know why a hero is yeah. pacing we're, above a girl's we're pretty room. much experts we do have a podcast <laughs> and um yeah i just i i, I loved that whole that whole i mean like we said forced proximity pancakes like I, it's got forced proximity. They're in a tent together. And as soon as, and as probably as a romance author, she's like, she was building up to that because she knew that that was going to be like. Our canon. Yeah. And she, (laughs) and she was right. And she delivered. Um. (laughs) But uh, there's just, there's just so much. I love the cafe. I loved her going, you know, him and the cloud. He put clouds all out around it and his, that whole date. Where he comes and yeah. picks her up at her room. Yeah. He's <laughs> and, all dressed up and she, and you know, you can tell he's trying so hard because he's And he's not, so nervous and he's yeah. put all these little clouds around and then he walks her into the, oh my gosh, it was just so cute. And he walks her into the cafe and her jaw hits the floor because she's just, he's, here she thought that he'd set this whole place up as a conservatory and, and yeah. but no, he set up her cafe in there. Yeah. Aww. He's the best. Um, okay. Let's hear from some of the listeners on what they thought of this book. While my dog snores very loudly. He does snore very loudly. Um, I'm afraid that people don't love it as much as us, and it makes me sad, Ellen. I think some people do. But yeah, some people don't, and that's fine. Um, so no, let's... not. They're wrong. <laughs> um, Amy doesn't disagree with us. Amy says, I loved this book. It is chock full of tropey goodness, forced proximity, inheriting a rundown estate, sneaky matchmaking, virgin hero, only one bed, well, one tent, enemies to lovers, grumpy hero who isn't really grumpy, but painfully shy. Wesley is a swoony sweetheart. P.S. This line really hit home. So much of living is struggling instead of enjoying. And yeah, that's sadly true. It is sadly true. Um, yeah, there was a lot, of, like I said, lots I think of great. The key lines. there is learning to enjoy the struggle. I mean, you just yeah. gotta find stuff to enjoy, even when you're struggling. Yep, that's true. Um, Elizabeth says, "I really enjoyed Sarah Hogle's first book, but this one I loved so much more. This was such a sweet and soft book that I just loved and needed. It did start very slow, but once we met the hero, it really got started. Wesley, ah, I loved him so much. He was such a soft cinnamon that I just wanted to hug." He was a sweet, grumpy hero. His struggles are so relatable. The only downside was the lack of sexy scenes, but it went with the theme of the book. This was a five star for me, and will I will read whatever this author writes. Um, yeah, she got an auto buy from me after this one because we love we liked we liked you deserve each other enough. Like yeah, I think we liked it quite a bit. Yeah, and um and then yeah, this one is this huh. one is up there. I love I loved this one. And I can recognize, like, this one not being for everybody, but I loved it. Um, Cassie says, this book was so sweet, it almost gave me a toothache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was such a pleasant surprise because I really disliked this author's first book. I enjoyed this much more than You Deserve Each Other, and I think the characters have a lot to do with that. 
Wesley was fantastic. I loved him so much. What a cinnamon roll. Yeah, he really yeah. is like the I, most worth, what's, cinnamon what's, roll. What's sweeter than a cinnamon roll? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine. Apple fritters, <laughs> which he loved. So yeah, he's an true. apple fritter. Um, Mabel was sweet and I liked her, but I think she may be a polarizing character because she wasn't widely relatable. Yeah, I could see that. Although I kind of related to her a lot. Um, her maladaptive daydreaming grew to be a bit distracting as the story went on, and I often had to reread to try and figure out if the scene I had just read was real or a daydream. I liked that Mabel finally stood up to Gemma near the end of the story, and I appreciated Gemma's crappy reaction, which is how someone like her would react being called out on their bad behavior. Yeah, that's, I totally agree. Uh, Mabel's solo trip to Scotland at the end was a bit odd and seemed like it should have happened a little earlier in the book to allow time to address Wesley's social anxiety a bit more. All this to say, I'm being nitpicky, but I really enjoyed this book overall, and it definitely salvaged my interest in this author. Um, yeah, I could see that, but I think the placement of Scotland is, is well, intentional, obviously, and I also think that, I think that it's actually kind of cool, because, um, I think you can, I think it's kind of telling that you can know a person or think you know a person, but not know, like, everything that they're, that they're going through, and, um, I don't know, and I, I think it kind of added to his character a, a bit for me. Well, and I like, I liked the way, like, she didn't lose it over or get mad about it. Yeah. And I loved that he had that little note that said, Mabel loves me. Yeah. And that's what got him oh, through the plane riding. Yeah, I forgot And she that. said he, he was looking at it and was all rubbed and... <laughs> smeared and it just was so sweet and yeah and um that's what got him through you know the painful flight and I was like oh, gosh dang you Wesley yeah. and I think I I think hopefully stated better what I like about it is um that it really showed how much he was kind of tamping down about himself like well, I think wow. he was afraid to tell her a lot of yeah. the, the extent of his And I think issues. that that's really true to a lot of people who, you know, are going through that kind of stuff, is that it's something that they try to hide away and tamp down, and, um, and then it comes out in a big way, and they're ashamed of it and things like that. And so I just thought that that was kind of um, true to probably a lot of people's experiences and... Um, I think that's why I was okay with it. Um, Catherine says, I definitely think this book will be less polarizing than You Deserve Each Other, and I think both books stand out from the crowd in their own ways. Yeah, that's definitely true. They're very different books. They're very different. Yeah. I, I remember, though, um, You Deserve Each Other. I really liked the, uh, like not the twist, but... The kind of turnabout. Yeah, the way it's written differently, because it starts out with them, they're engaged, right? And they... Like, don't like each other. Hate each other. <laughs> yeah. And then they, you know, so, and so to have that kind of a twist in a romance book, I thought it was a fun read. Yeah. Um, Catherine continues, good luck trying to pick a swoony moment. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I felt like there were a lot on both sides. I would have liked to have met his family and seen their reactions to her just because that would have been interesting. Not that the book needed it. Yeah, there's so much of that kind of stuff, though. I would also like to see her kind of confront her mom a little bit. Um, yeah just because I think she kind of needs to do that a little bit. Um, but it would be, the thing I would love to see about her meeting his family is their, you know, gratitude at her bringing him kind of out of his yeah. shell a little bit. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, Allison says, this is the first time I've gotten to read the book before the podcast. Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, the book started as a meh for me. It was a slow start to get there and felt like so much anger and resentment on both sides. But then we started to see things open up for the two of them. Wesley first giving up his bed and space for Mabel, then adding things to the mural and the notes back and forth through the dumbwaiter were all sweet. Didn't care for Mabel's daydreams as it took away too much from the story, but I guess that was also part of who she was having issues living in the now. Yeah. Obviously swooned at the cafe, but also the mural. He listened to her, and even if he didn't like it, would add to the mural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, loved how she handled his moment of panic on the trip and how he showed up at the end. That may all have also been one of the one for the swoony moments. She didn't judge him for being nervous and made him write down that she loved him, which kept him going. That part is probably one of my favorites of just how assertive about her love to him and his to hers. And if we can have a Swinny moment for non-main characters, it would have to be Violet and her husband and the treasure maps. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I, and I, I don't know if you read, you because you never do. Did you read the acknowledgments? No, at, I barely make it to the end of the books. <laughs> but she, um, in her acknowledgments, she talks about how this kind of idea, I mean, Violet and Victor are kind of almost based on her own grandparents, which oh. I thought was really sweet. And um, If I based a book on my grandparents... Either set, it would be a completely different story. <laughs> oh my gosh, completely different. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I, I that added to kind of the sweetness of Violet and Victor, who I already loved a whole lot. Um, Anne says, I liked this book a lot and ended up reading through it very quickly. And I'm a relatively slow reader. Yes, that needs to be said. It's a very quick read. It was, it, I don't for me, because I'm a very slow reader too. I don't know how short or long it is. I didn't pay attention. I think I did it in two days, but it's, I think it's 320-ish Okay, so that's probably a little bit shorter, but it was nice to have a nice, quick, lovely, sweet, Well, and it's definitely one of those that you get into and it's like, I'm in. I'm in. And, Mm -hmm. and, and you go, you know, there's some of these books that you read and and I'm like, I'm only at 87%. I, you know, I can't believe I'm not done yet. Yeah. So, um. And this was definitely not done. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um. And continues, one issue I had with was that the story didn't end with Wesley getting therapy for his anxiety. Yeah. Telehealth therapy is advertised all over the place now, and I feel like Wesley needed help even before the plane scene when he couldn't go to a meeting in person with a lone officer. That being said, I really liked how Violet and Victor's story played into the book, and Mabel and Wesley were written as a good match. Um, yeah, I think we mentioned that we also think both of them Both of them could should, use a little therapy. Yeah, and I... I definitely think that, that that because I think all of her daydreams stem from this crappy childhood that she had. Yeah. And I think that's why she kind of lives in this well, alternate and reality. Her whole letting people walk all over her kind of yeah. thing comes from just having to, you know, she got passed around from house to house in her family and I think that that's where her people pleasing comes is she just had to be as insignificant and fly under the radar right. to not stir any because pots. Her family had literally kicked her and her mother out of their house. Like yeah. everybody had kicked them out of their house because yeah. her mother sounds like a terrible person. But. Yeah. Um, Jess says, I read this last week and really enjoyed it. I thought the jumping off point of the story was really interesting and one I have not seen in a romance novel, a catfishing situation, which was so heartbreaking to read, got me right in the feels at the beginning of the book. And then the heroine runs into the guy whose photos were used to catfish her. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is novel, uh, approach uh, that we haven't seen before. For but sure. I loved it. I did too. 
Um, I think that Mabel and Wesley were both tender old souls who entered each other's lives at the right time. I loved their interactions and there were so many swoon-worthy moments. Yes. I think a couple of my favorites, aside from Wesley literally creating Mabel's Dream Cafe, were when he started adding to the mural and when he made the Christmas tree topper. Yeah, that was yeah, awesome. That was super cute. cute. I also liked that Wesley was the inexperienced one in the relationship. It is not often that we read a virgin hero. Yeah, we love that. We love that. We That's love why we that. have an alert just for a virgin hero. <laughs> um, I agree with what Elizabeth said, though. I would have liked more sexy scenes, but not having them fit well with the book. On the whole, this was such a sweet, cute romance. Yes, I agree. Ava says, overall, I enjoy this book a lot, way more than Sarah Hogel's first book, You Deserve Each Other. I did find the beginning slow and also found myself tuning out Mabel's daydreaming. I know it played a big part in the book, but her actual dreams were confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. They, well, and they kind of had like weird things going on in them, so it was like... And they kind of skipped around a lot, which I think is true to the daydreaming experience, but um, but I it, it was sometimes a little jarring to read. I will con- I will concur with that. The last portion of the book, oh, this is still Ava. The last portion of the book was entertaining and I loved their confessions to one another. I adored Wesley and found myself relating to him. Sarah Hogel did a great job portraying Wesley's anxiety and a virgin hero was such a nice change of pace. I would have liked to explore that further, but like others have mentioned, this was such a sweet book that it it didn't fit the characters. Yeah. Um, Tiernan says, this book was very hard for me to get into. I tried several times to get through it. I thought it was sweet, but overall it was just okay. So there's kind of our voice of dissent. Okay. And Tiernan, you're still welcome here. You're so we, welcome. We still love you. We still have Even open arms Even if you're you. wrong. But everybody knows I overdo this, so. Yeah, you do. Um, Leslie so don't says. Take it, don't take it, you know. Personally. Yeah, personally or to heart too much. Um, Leslie says, I really loved You Deserve Each Other, so my expectations were pretty dang high. This one started off so slowly that I didn't expect to like it much. And then everything turned around for me at about 40% when Mabel goes into the loft. I couldn't put the book down after that. Girl, same. Same. I ordered, uh, I adored Wesley, and not just because we almost have the same name, because her name is Leslie. Good catch, (laughs) Leslie. Um... How can anyone resist a man who has such a strong and oddly sweet feelings about the Loch Ness Monster? Um, (laughs) His social anxiety was relatable, as was his preference for the written word over speaking. Their passing notes back and forth was too cute, especially when they were sitting near each other. Yeah, that was cute. Wesley also shares my opinion that winking is weird. Um, My friend, Jillian, who's been on the show, she has such, like, a phobia of people winking at her. She thinks it's, like, the creepiest thing ever. And um, so, of course, that made me want to wink at her all the time. Um, So that's, Jillian, if you ever listen to this episode, which I know you do sometimes, um, I thought of you a whole lot. I could never be a winker because uh, when I smile, my cheeks are up too high, like, I don't think anyone would notice that I was winking. Plus, I do squint a lot. Yeah. With my eye closed anyway, because I'm blind in one eye. The other thing that I've noticed about our family, this is such a tangent, but... That's my... never happened on the show yeah. before, where we go off on some tangent. It has <laughs> my, nothing to do with what we're talking my about. My brothers and I both, like... And I think everybody does this to a certain degree, but um, we both start our smiles from one side, and then, like, kind of smile up at the other. But, so then that makes me, like, squint. Like, I notice this in pictures a lot. I squint more on one side than the other, and I think it's the side from where I start my smile. I want to see you smile so I can see you 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> now you're self-conscious about it. <laughs> yeah, I am. But I have noticed that my brothers do that as well. So um, anyway, I can never boot. However, my son has a friend and he's a dear friend and I love him dearly, but he used to be a winker. I haven't noticed it lately, but he used to be a winker know, and yeah. it was a he's little He's kind off- of an odd kid in general. He's an odd kid. Yes, he is. And um, now I have to tell the story. <laughs> um, so it's this friend and maybe we've told this story on the show before, but um, it's this kid who he was, he was like our cat because he literally would just walk into our house all the time he was his family was very close to us he was from a family a very large family but then he was the youngest so all his family had moved away and so now he had no siblings at home no nothing so he would just come over here and hang out at our house all the time which was fine i love him like a son and he was just over here all the time because he was friends with my son my youngest son so my mom and i were back in her room um one morning, like a Saturday morning, and she had fallen back asleep, and I was watching TV in her bed, and he comes in, and mom is in her normal sleeping position. This is all a lie. mouth hanging open, (laughs) snoring really loudly, (laughs) hair akimbo, and, um, and he looks down at her and just, like, quietly says, she was like an angel. When she she, sleep, she when sleeps, sleeps like, like an, an angel. angel. <laughs> and I just died laughing, which woke up mom. And um, But the- he would walk around our house. Like, I'd be sitting watching TV. And all of a sudden, like, I would think I was in the living room alone. And all of a sudden, he'd say something. And it would scare the bejesus out of me. And um, I was like... I swear I'm going to put a bell on you because he would just kind of creep around the house and just show up in places. And I never, like, he would scare the crap out of me all the time. The other funny story about him is that um, when my brother Ryan and his wife Kristen, who have both been on the show a couple times, um, first met, we had, like, a game night at our house. And so we're all playing this game. And then this kid just walks in and nobody acknowledges it whatsoever. <laughs> we don't say hello to him. We don't introduce him to anybody. <laughs> and Kristen later told me, she's like, I thought that was the weirdest thing. Because, like, this kid just walks in and nobody says anything to him. But that was, we were just so used to him <laughs> being around. Being around that we just, like, don't even acknowledge it. She's like, now I get it because I know how you guys are with him. But it was so weird at first. Um, so, yeah, winking is creepy. Um <laughs> <laughs> All this to say, <laughs> winking is creepy. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Leslie continues. Uh, that's a bizarre thing to do, shutting your eye at someone. Um, that is a quote from the book. <laughs> but then later book. in the book, he winks at Mabel. No. <laughs> um, I couldn't choose one swinniest moment, but I, I may have teared up after Wesley rambled about everything that was wrong, quote unquote, with him. And she responded by telling him that she loves him for the first time. She had good reason to be insecure in relationships after being abandoned by her mom and catfished by her friend and cheated on by a bunch of her exes, but it didn't take her long to decide to open her heart to Wesley. One of my favorite quotes before she goes inside her old workplace, I'm going to hate doing this, um, quote, I'm going to hate doing this, maybe more than I've hated doing anything I've ever not wanted to do, but I can't wait to be the version of myself who is on the other side of having done it. Um, it's a little clunky, uh, end quote. It's a little clunky, but it resonated with me. I may have to write that down on a piece of paper and carry it around with me. Um, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of really great lines in this book. And, um, she says, did anyone else notice the dedication? I dedicate this book to myself. (laughs) Um, I did notice that. I love that. Good for you, Sarah Hogel. And yeah, that's, that's a great dedication because it's like, 
Hey, I put in all the work. I did all the work. Screw all you guys. If you like it, it's because of me. If you don't like it, <laughs> nobody it's... else had anything to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, now will someone please, Leslie finishes, now will somebody please open a cafe or a brunch spot where I can order the forced proximity pancakes and the world's biggest cinnamon roll? Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I do want that world's biggest cinnamon roll for many reasons. Are you Both winking at me right metaphorical. now? Metaphorical. <laughs> I am. I was winking at mom. Um, Weirdo. Leslie later added, forgot to mention, I agree with Elizabeth and Jessica that the lack of descriptive sex scenes was appropriate for the sweet relationship and our virgin hero. But holy crap, those makeout scenes were hot. I didn't even mind the lack of sex. Um, agree. Agree. Like I said, that rain kiss was everything. I loved it. Well, and especially knowing that he was a virgin and like this is... Probably the first making out he'd done. I don't know. Well, he said he had kissed, kissed before, before, but it had been a long time. And, but, and I don't know to what extent he had kissed. Yeah. But, um, and I love in their kiss scenes where she says um, something like, it was very obvious that he was self-conscious of like how well he was doing, but I didn't even care. That just like added to it. Yeah. That he wanted yeah. it to be good. Well, yeah, it, it would be weird if he was like some expert kisser, yeah. which we've had before because we've had virgin heroes where it's like... Or virgin heroines where it's like they just nail it on the first try and, and it's, it's like, like, no, kissing is weird. <laughs> I'm not sure you're going to, you know, I believed all this. So it was very believable the way it was all written. Especially for him because even if he did have a lot of experience, it had A, been a long time, and he... Like, his social anxiety would manifest itself in feeling weird about yeah. doing that kind of stuff the first time, too. So, um, anyway. Victoria says, I really loved this book. It was so sweet and whimsical while also shaping characters with distinct personalities and chemistry. I liked how Wesley turned out to be just the opposite of everything she thought he'd be. The growth Mabel went through and how the house became another character in the story. Yeah, that's true. For anyone who's experienced any small or large degree of social anxiety, it was impossible not to care for Wesley. Yeah. And then she says, since I haven't read You Deserve Each Other because I was put off by the mixed reviews, but I loved this one. Should I go back and read it? Um, my response to that would be, it's a very different book. Yeah. Very different. Like, you probably wouldn't even <laughs> know that it was written by the same well, person. And, and we already kind of discussed the the tone of the book and yeah. what the book is like. But um, but I, I'm, I, we liked it. We really liked it. Um, that I would say you should give it a but try. But it's different than this one. And, you know, I don't know that everybody would love it as much as this one. At least. Yeah. I think this one is more, it's like, I think Catherine said, this one is bound to be less polarizing than yeah. You Deserve Each Other. Because You Deserve Each Other does take a lot of risks in the romance genre in the way, <laughs> I don't know, that they really don't like each other. Well, and... they're horrible to each other in yeah. the beginning of the book. <laughs> I mean, they really, really are. Um, But, yeah, like we said, we gave it Swooney's Moment and... um. I think we had a few Swinney moments in that one, and I I really liked it. So yeah, I, I really liked it too. I would say give it a try. Um, Deb says, "Think I'm in the minority here, but didn't love this one. Had a hard time seeing their connection. Um, not sure I'm telling someone I love them when they left me on a plane to Scotland, but that's just me. LOL. Felt a bit underdeveloped. Um, I can see that." I can, I can see feeling that way. I didn't, but um, I can see how you get there. <laughs> yeah, I can. Um, I think just his social anxiety is what made him, it, what she felt, she didn't get mad about it because she knew that, you know, it was 
a struggle for him. Well, and I, I felt like the confession, the, like, I love you, was... Because we felt it... I, I at least felt it coming anyway. And so I think in that moment she realizes he needs to hear it. And, um, you know, because he kind of puts his heart on his sleeve in telling her everything that is kind of going on with him. And so he needs to be reassured in that moment. And I don't think she's telling him that she loves him because of what he just told her, but it had been building and she realized he needed to hear it. Right. And at that well, moment. And I love how she's like, I love you. And she says, no, I want you to say it. And he's like, I love you. And she's like, no, not to me. <laughs> not to me. Yeah. You know, I want you to say Mabel loves me. He's like, Mabel loves me. And, and so that just became his mantra, you know, and, and, yeah. um, and it had a sweet place in the end of the story. So, yeah. But I, I'm not, I'm not like saying you're completely wrong in feeling that way because you can feel any way you would like. You can. I don't, I don't agree, but <laughs> you can feel that way, Deb. Um, Raquel says, I loved this book. It was so sweet. I was squealing way too much for a grown woman at the end. I was too. Raquel, yeah. Um, I agree with many other of many of the other comments. What a swoony hero Wesley turned out to be. My only observation is not related to the book itself, but to the genre. Um, and Raquel, I read this earlier and I thought it was great. So pay attention, everybody. Listen to Raquel. <laughs> um, I think we've been conditioned way too much to wait for a big conflict or drama that for a good chunk of the book, I kept thinking, this is too good to be true. When is the other shoe going to drop? And I was sort of dreading it was going to be a dumb conflict that would ruin the book for me. It was nice to just read about a couple and the evolution of their relationship for a change, plus the personal growth of the heroine. I really liked You Deserve Each Other last year, so this book put Sarah Hogle on the I'll give you, I'll give everything you write a chance list for me. Um, and I really liked that because it's so true. It's like I was saying, I kept thinking that the mom was going to show up and ruin something. I kept thinking that the revelation about him being the photo for the catfish was going to ruin something. Um, and it was really refreshing and nice to just read a book where Nothing big or dramatic happens, and it's just a lovely little love story. I think the problem would have been, because of Wesley and his social anxieties and all the, all the insecurities that he had, I think if she got mad and stormed away, he would just write it off. I, I think he is in the place, I mean, he would be heartbroken, but I think that he would just say, okay, I wasn't good enough for her, and, and move on. And, um, and write it off as being like... A fault of his. Yes. Like, and and that would have been really hard to take and really hard to overcome. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that they didn't have any kind of major conflict because I think it would have ruined the story for me. Yeah. Um, and then finally we have Juliet who says, this book is so soft and I loved it so much. <laughs> That's a good word yes. for this book. Um, Wesley is one of, if not the most thoughtful and quietly caring heroes I have ever had the pleasure of reading. Swooniest moment is of course him recreating Mabel Parrish's AU in the clouds, but the swooniest line in the entire book, in my opinion, was after she admitted to inviting the displaced mother and son to stay with them. And he says, Mabel, your big heart is one of the things I like best about you. I can't be mad when you use it. Like, ugh. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and the bit about feeling seen, I felt that. I also loved Mabel's internal monologue, realizing that she is exactly who she is and deserves people who love all of her. I swear I have the entire I love you phone conversation where they both specified that they loved every part of each other highlighted in my book. The part where she demands he repeat that he was loved and write it down to remember had me tearing up. 
Um, I loved You Deserved Each Other, and I love Sarah Hogle's writing style that seems to blend reality perfectly with a dreamland. I pre-ordered this book back at the beginning of the year, and it was well worth the wait. Yes, to all of that, Juliet. Um, yeah, I I highlighted a lot of stuff in this book, and because I loved her writing, I loved Mabel's POV, I loved the things that they said to each other. It was all just lovely. Yeah, it was just delightful. Um, and I think that's my final thought. Any final thoughts from you? No, I loved this book. I loved every minute of reading it. And yeah. I mean, like it said, I and had... And this is a really good one, too, to recommend to non-romance readers. Yes, because definitely. Because Light on the Sex, um, just a lovely little love story. And, um, I think it would be a good one. I, in fact, I'm, I'm already thinking of some people I'm going to recommend it to. Cause Perfect. Because I think it's a good gateway. Um... Anything else? No, that's... I loved it. Okay. I don't know what else to say. That's, what else do you want from me, Ellen? For heaven's sake. I don't want anything else from you. <laughs> so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Twice Shy by Sarah Hogle. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On August 16th, we will be discussing The Intimacy Experiment by Rosie Dannon with special guest, now Rosie confirmed, Dannon. <laughs> Rosie Dannon. Um, yeah, we're so excited to have her back on the show. And um, yeah, I just love chatting with her. I've always loved chatting with her about romance. I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I messaged her and I was like, I'm so excited to finally read it because it's been, I've been putting it off for when we were going, bound to be talking about it on the show and... It's been hard because I've wanted to read it for a long time. I know. Um, for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be revealing a couple more categories in our No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. So stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Kate Pierce, Sweet Talking Rancher. Hi, No Yomos. Ellen here with another recommendation for you to add to your TBR right now. Are you needing some heartwarming? Are you needing some cowboys? Are you needing some second chance? Are you needing some sickbed scenes? Though I should specify that the sickbed scenes here are starring cattle. Then have I got the book for you. It's Sweet Talking Rancher by Kate Pierce. In New York Times best-selling author Kate Pierce's sweet and sexy Millers of Morgan Valley series, the close-knit folks of Morgantown, California, have long memories and big hearts to go with them. Everyone in rancher Danny Miller's life wants to know how he feels about his teenage flame returning to Morgan Valley. Juicy. Danny wishes he knew. After the disastrous ending of their relationship and Faith's choice to leave town all those years ago, Danny's rebuilt his life without her. But he's about to have a very practical reason for needing her in it again, despite the very impractical desire she inspires once he lays eyes on her. Spicy. Faith McDonald hadn't planned on returning home, but with her dad retiring, her help is needed at the family veterinarian practice. She's hoping that by now folks have forgotten what happened between her and Danny, even if the two of them never can. 
With a mystery infection decimating the Miller cattle, she and Danny soon find themselves on the same side for the first time in forever. There was a lot of trouble in their past, but the good parts never really flamed out, including their intense attraction. And their shared determination to cure the cattle might just lead them to healing of their own and a whole new all-grown-up future. Oh, all grown up. Now, if that description caught your fancy, like it did with me, then I think you should give it a try and report back to us on what you think and how those uh, sick bed cattle scenes are. Um, you can find Sweet Talking Rancher by Kate Pierce wherever books are sold, and you can find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. We hope to hear from you and hope you give it a chance. Bye, guys. Welcome back. So today we are going to finalize our last two categories of our No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. As a reminder, a while ago now, it's been a while ago, <laughs> it's been um, a few weeks. I prompted the Facebook group with scenarios where a non-romance reader comes seeking a specific type of romance book, such as your mom's friend asking for a mystery. <laughs> you always bring that one up. <laughs> or your church friend asking for a clean romance. See, I bring that one up too. So we're going to name some of our picks and then read the groups, which are more important than our picks. Um, first up, here's our scenario. Your friend texts you the following. SOS, I've had a really crummy week and have decided that the only thing for it is to get in a really good cry. Do you have a book like that? I'll read even, I'll even read one of your romances. Mm. So kind. Um, to which you reply, boy, do I. Get a paper and pencil because I, I got a list. And get out a box of Kleenex because you're going to need it. <laughs> um, so, Mom, what comes to your mind for you? And for probably the same ones as me. Kennedy Ryan. Kennedy Ryan. Long shot and that stinking grip series. Yeah, especially the still, which is the last book in the series. The grip series. If, yeah, of the grip series. If you do not come out of that book... In fact, I took a picture of myself after reading that book. Because I'm pretty sure I <gasps> cried during that book. Yeah, I was a mess. Like, and I have the picture on my phone still. And my face is a puffy, gross mess. But that book is so good. That whole series is so good. And I I, I, I even think I cried in the first in grip. Um, But yeah, you will. Grip and flow. It's I think it goes grip flow still i think it's flow grip still whatever but because I, I think flow is a like precursor to the story yeah i cried in all of it um and then yeah long shot so and freaking long shot gosh dang that book yeah it was so good and then any amy Hartman. that's very true any of them i've cried in all of them that i've read Oh my gosh, that stink. <laughs> Just listen to our podcast on Making Faces because we cried through the whole podcast. Yeah, we cried talking about the book. <laughs> so, so that's how pathetic we are. <laughs> um, yeah, so I cried like a baby in that book. I cried in Where the Lost Wander. Um, I guess, so not any, because I didn't cry in like the first girl child or... Um, and maybe I did actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> but I did cry in Where the Last Wander. Um, also with both Amy Ryan and Kennedy or with Amy Harmon and Kennedy Ryan, I cried just cause their writing is so dang beautiful. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Really good writers. Um, I feel like I cried in, um, Beauty and the Mustache. Um, there's other books I've cried in, um, 
Well, there are books that are like rom-coms that I've cried in. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to kind of. Yeah. Separate the two sometimes. Definitely Amy Harmon. If if I'm looking for a cry, Amy Harmon and uh, Kennedy Ryan. Like. I'd agree. Because I'm bound to cry in whatever they write. Um, It's a given. Uh, Let's hear what some of y'all suggested. Um, Maida said, Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren. Um, I have read that, and I believe I also cried. I have Uh, not read that one. Cassie says, The Full Tilt Duet by Emma Scott. It's best to go in without reading reviews. Winky, kind of smirky face. Um, that scares me, Cassie, <laughs> especially when we're talking about crying books. Um, Ashley says, Making Faces and What the Wind Knows by... Oh, What the Wind Knows was really good. Amy Harmon. I forgot I read that one. Um, yeah, I haven't read that one, but I know you have. Savannah says, uh, The Ravenhood Books by Kate Stewart, The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, Happiness for Beginners by Catherine Center. I haven't read any of those. I haven't either. So I'll take Savannah's word for it. Katrina says, Calico by Callie Hart, Midnight Valentine by Jake T. Geisinger, Archer's Voice by Mia Sheridan. I liked um, that book a lot, I'm and I'm sure pretty sure I cried in that one, too. We both cried in that one. Uh, and then she continues, White Knight by C.D. Reese, um, and No Place Like Home by Barbara O'Neill. Another list of ones that I haven't read. Um, Megan brings up a good point. She says, Trigger Warnings Galore, but Long Shot by Kennedy Ryan wrecked me. Might not be beginner level, though. And that is very true. That is true. <laughs> it's it's a pretty intense book. So, I mean, if, if it's someone who you think could handle the angst aroma. There are trigger warnings, but I'll tell you what. I walked away from that book a better person, and I feel like I understood... This, that kind of a situation way better and I think it was a it's one of the books that I really feel I grew from reading it yes so totally agree I do believe that there are trigger warnings but I do think it also has the potential of like just really helping you to understand people who are in that kind of situation yeah which we should specify is abuse abuse to the nth degree <laughs> like terrible it is terrible horrible abuse but in true romance fashion, she overcomes it. Yes, she does. In, in... And we should also specify the abuse is not with the hero. Right. Yes. It's with a different and she, But she overcomes man. it in glorious fashion, which makes it all worth reading. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Beth says, Pack Up the Boom by Kristen Higgins. Uh, Jen suggests Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. Pretty much anything by her, she says. And Wish You Were Here by Renee Carlino. This book is really great and is one of those books that just stays with you. Uh, Natalie says The House in the Cerulean Sea. Is that how you say Cerulean. that? Cerulean. Um, sea by TJ Clune made me happy cry. Not exactly a romance, but there is definitely a romance plot. And Hate to Want You by Alicia Rye, which uh, made me cry in a very cathartic way. That whole conversation Livy has with her aunt about depression just made me bawl my eyes out. Um, we I read, read that. that. <laughs> but I can't remember. I read the whole series. I remember reading the yeah, whole series, so but I, I can't remember so much about it. Sorry. Um, Jennifer says, this is why we rely on you guys to remind yeah, us of this kind of stuff. Because they all run together after a little while. Yeah. Jennifer says, uh, Lauren Dane's Brown Sibling series is one that is heavy on the emotional. Quite a few 
uh, CW in this series and they are super steamy. What? I know what CW is. Content warnings in this series. Uh, And they are super steamy. Tiernan says The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna, Ravishing the Heiress by Sherry Thomas, and Blindsided by Amy Dawes. Um, Have I read? Is Blindsided one of the soccer ones? Oh. Um, yes. It is, I believe. Don't quote us on that. <laughs> I'll find out when I put together the graphic. Um, Melissa says, Wolf Song by TJ Klune, which is not TJ Klune's first appearance on the list. I think I started crying on the first page, but the book is really sweet. Uh, Ruthie says, Sea of Tranquility by Katya Malay, and It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. And Beauty and the Mustache by Penny Reed. Also, Law of Moses by Amy Harmon. I did read Law of Moses and Song of David. Um, both of those, and they're both very good. Uh, Sarah, one of our many Sarahs, says, The Last Letter by Rebecca Yaros. Um, I've Her great, great and precious things is also pretty tear-jerky. Jerkery, too. <laughs> yes, that's, is that a word? That's a word. I'm going to go with it. Emma says, Me Before You by Jojo Moyes. Uh, Ava says, Meet Me in Paradise by Libby Hoopshire. And finally, Olivia says, Forget You, Ethan by Whitney G. And The Consequence of Falling by Claire Contreras had me sobbing every single time. She puts periods in between each word like that. Um, so there you go. Break out the Kleenex, browse that list, and just buckle up. (laughs) Pick one and go for it. Yeah. Um... In a very different scenario, but not really, we have this. Uh, scene, your friend texts you the following. SOS, I've had a really crummy week and decided that the only thing for it is to laugh a lot. Do you have a book like that? I'll even read one of your romances. You see what I did there? It's the I see what you same did. Exact the thing. same thing, only switched. Because sometimes you have a crummy week and you either need a laugh or you need a cry. That's at least how I work. And I just have to read what I need, you know? Um, I get you, Alan. (laughs) So, Mom, what would be your picks for a laugh? I would have to go... The the book I just remember laughing out loud is... um, I can't... Alexis Hall. Boyfriend material. Boyfriend material. That is my... I I kept... I had red, white, and royal blue stuck in my head. That is my first listed is boyfriend material. Because that, like I said, is... Like you just said, is the book I remember laughing out loud the most. Yeah. Um, I laughed out loud quite a bit in this book we just read in Twice Shy. Yeah. Um, Wolf Gone Wild, I thought of. Oh, yes. Um, maybe not as much some of the other ones in that series, but definitely Wolf Gone Wild was very funny very to me. Very funny. Um, I thought Beard Science by oh, Penny well, Reed. Most any of the Penny Reeds. Yeah, are good. They've got good laughs in it. Um, Even, and also the Knitting in the City series, there's a lot of funny. A lot of Tessa Bailey. I think she's really funny. Uh Tessa Dare, the Tessas, oh really gosh. delivering on the laughs. I love the Tessa Dare. I love that um, that whole series that she's in the middle of right now. Yeah. Um, but also, Her Spin the Cove is really funny. Yes. Um, there's some Julia Quinns that are really funny. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that are, that deliver yeah. on... On the rom-commy. Yeah. Um... Amy suggests The Unhoneymooners. I know a lot by Christina Lauren. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't like it and don't consider it a romance, but The Bookish Life of T- Nina Hill made me LOL many times. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we like that some one. good ones from that. 
Alicia suggests Shipwrecked by Angie Hockman, oh, which was, we have featured on the show. And cute. yeah, I that yeah. one had some good. Uh, Nina suggests Tessa Dare's The Duchess Deal. That's what that's what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know me, I can never remember the names of series or books. Yep. Um, Natalie says Winston Brothers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. Yes. yes. And Stead in the Stacks by Pippa Grant, which I haven't read. But Pippa Grant was Pippa Grant does she write funny. funny stuff. Yeah. Um, Erica says... Noble did she write the raccoon book? She did write the raccoon book, which <laughs> we got laughs out of just in talking about it. But um, but also her book that we read Hosed, and that book was pretty funny. Yeah. It had funny stuff in it. Um, Erica says Noble Destiny by Katie McAllister. This always gets me. Um, she held a red eye patch in one hand, decorated in such a manner that it looked like a minuscule kilt, complete with sporin. Uh, I'm gonna just take your word for that. Um, Is that the title of a book? No. I'm assuming that's something that happens in the book. Um, Lori says, Kaylee Loring is hilarious. Her very holiday books, there are only two so far, were truly laugh out loud funny. She's fantastic with witty banter and snappy text exchange that are just fun to read. Uh, Eden Finley's fake boyfriend series is pretty great. We should try to remember that for Christmas time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eden Finley's fake boyfriend series is pretty great for lulls. It's a male-male sports series and is chock full of likable characters and great banter. Lucy Lennox and May Archer's uh, Licking Thicket series is also pretty funny. Reminds me a tiny bit of Pippa Grant's Happy Cat books. A ridiculously named small town is the perfect setting for silly puns. Is that the name of a city is Licking Licking Thicket? (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. That is an unfortunate name. (laughs) Um, But Lori says it's the perfect setting for silly puns, busybodies, and hijinks. And yes, I can imagine so. Um, Oh, she says, Lucy Score, Claire Kingsley, Tara Civic, and the aforementioned Pippa Grant all have some genuinely funny books as well. In general, I think most of the funniest romances I read either deal with large-knit families, small towns, snarky sports stars, or some combination of the three. That's a good point. Those are always, like, perfect fodder. Well, and hold on. I do need to say, Riley's Thorn and the Dead Guy uh, Next Door. That is also a very, very funny book. Very fun. Um, and then there was the series, the... Um Something Gone Wild, the, the, um, I'm not going to remember it. The Small Town, and they had the oh. water cannon fight out in the lake. Yeah. Becoming Vincent. Becoming Vincent. Um, I don't remember the Because I read more than those. I read. Yeah. But those were pretty funny, too. Yeah. Talking of Small Town. Yeah. But you bring up a very good point, Lori, that, that those are very good. If you're looking for a funny book, look for. Large families, small towns, and snarky sports stars. I think this, the, the thing with, especially with small towns, is you can have them be very quirky. It's like a Twin Peaks thing where you can have things be very quirky. And, and lots of big characters. And you're not outside thinking, you're not reading from, you know, looking in, thinking this could never happen. Because, yeah. you know, in some of those crazy small towns, anything could happen. Yeah. Uh, Anita says, Jennifer Cruzy, Bet Me, or Welcome to Temptation, which are both jennifer cruzy books i've read welcome to temptation um and i is temptation a town it is so there you go there you go further, Small pro- town. further proving Lori's point uh jennifer says the hating game that was fun yeah yes i don't know that i do i get yeah i do get lols out of that book it's also just delightful which i think would also help with the needing yeah. cheering up vibe 
that we're going for. Um, Emily says, anything Pippa Grant has written, but especially the ones she co-wrote with Lily Valente, Happy Cat series. Yes. Which is, we read some of. Um, Emma says, reckless. That's, that's the raccoon books, right? Yes. The raccoon books. <laughs> no, they're not raccoon books. It's not like it's about a family of raccoons. But there, but are, there, there is, is a problem. Fa- there, is, there is raccoons in it, and he sleeps with them, and that grossed me out. So. <laughs> and they, like. I don't mean have he sleeps with them. Human he, he, like, curse. literally sleeps with a raccoon. Like, and in I the like, way that Ooh. I sleep with my dog. Yes. Sir. Yes. Like that. And um, To be clear, is just in a platonic. <laughs> you have a, it's good to know that you have a platonic <laughs> relationship with your dog, Ellen. Thank you. I would say yours goes beyond platonic. But. Watch it. <laughs> but. Um, he yeah. can't help it. That he's the cutest boy ever. <laughs> Sleeping with a raccoon grossed me out. But, yeah. you know, to each his own. <laughs> um emma says reckless miles by claire kingsley and i know it got mixed reviews but i lol'd at the bromance book club i think we did too we did too and we also lol talking about it with my brother yes. um go watch that listen to that one yeah um yeah i have thought that i need to try more of that series absent of reading it with my brother um <laughs> who ruins everything that i love apparently um Jen says, these are my go-to LOL books. Heidi's Guide to Four-Letter Words by Tara Civic. Becoming a Vincent by C.M. Owens. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Um, Anything by Kaylee Loring and The Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare. Yeah. I loved The Duchess Deal. Yeah. And I've read it a couple times now because I think I reread it when the other books came out. But um, I just love that whole series. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Tiernan says The Hating Game by Sally Thorne, Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren, The Dutch Steel by Tessa Dare, The Viscount Who Loved Me by Julia Quinn, which I agree is the funniest one in that series, Melt For You by J.T. Geisinger, The Secret, which I couldn't find who wrote that, Tiernan, so you'll have to help me out there, Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase, When Beauty Tamed the Beast by Eloisa James, The Brown Sister series by Talia Hibbert, Bet Me by Jennifer Cruzy, Nobody's Baby But Mine by Susan Elizabeth Phillips, and The Proposition by Katie Ashley. That is quite a list. That is quite the list. Listen, we have we have a lot of recommendations for this, which makes sense. Because romance, there's a lot of funny romances. Yeah. Um, Paige says Roomies by Christina Lauren, which I remember there being And we LLs, loved that book. And we did love that book. Kate says Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door by Lucy Score, which is... And I is did love that book. A hilarious book. Um, Susan Elizabeth Phillips' books are usually pretty funny slash witty, and Julia Quinn, the Smythe Smith's books are hilarious. That is true. Those are probably funnier books than Bridgerton's than Bridgerton. books. Because those sisters are very awkward and weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a lot of humor to be had in their terrible concerts. Um... Ashley says, Match Me If You Can by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. That's going to get, like, the Susan crown. Susan Elizabeth Phillips wrote the circus book that we read, right? Yes. Which um, wasn't hilarious, but... It uh, had some funny stuff in it, though, I think. I just remember the mistreatment of the animals. <laughs> That's true. Um, it's going to bug me that I can't think of what that name of that book is. Something with an angel. Oh, yeah. Kissed by an angel or something, something like, like that. Something like that. Um... You guys, there's some of you that are out there just shaking your heads at us. It's called this! <laughs> yeah. Um, Ashley continues. Pucked by Helena Hunting. Anything by, but Minor by Kate Stewart. The heroine does some ridiculously dumb stuff. Rolling eye emoji, but it's hilarious. 
uh, Tools of Engagement by Tessa Bailey. That one was funny. Awkward by uh, Avery Flynn. Uh, Good Boy by Serena Bowen and L. Kennedy. Man Cuffed by Serena Bowen and Tanya Ebby. Play by Kylie Scott. And the lineup by Megan Quinn. Katrina says JT Geisinger's Burn For You, which is full of really witty dialogue. We will concur with that one. I think he got our banter of the year award. Yeah, and he is very funny. Um, Kylie Scott's lead, because Lena and Jimmy are so deadpan funny together. Uh, Not straight romance, but there is a slow burn romance in Jaina DeLeon's Fortune series. Super silly and fun without being twee. And not straight, straight romance, although there is a slow... Oh, hold on. I think... I'm having a hard time keeping track of titles and yeah, which notes belong to which. So I'm sorry, but there you go. Karen says the blue water billionaires books. There are four, one each from Claire Kingsley, Lucy score, Pippa Grant and Catherine Nolan. That's quite the lineup. Yeah. Um, Maida says the marriage game was also sarcastic and funny. Uh, marriage game by Sarah Desai. I think hopefully I got that right. Jessica says Boyfriend Material, obviously, Red, White, and Royal Blue uh, by Casey McQuiston. Every Tessadere ever written. Yes. Back that up, 100%. Uh, Wolf Gone Wild, which we also concur. The Molly Harper Naked Werewolf book, Seducing a Naked Werewolf, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jessica, here for that. We're with you on that one. <laughs> um, and then finally, Olivia says Morning Wood by, <laughs> by Heather M. Orgeron. Um, and morning is spelt like grieving morning, oh. which is kind of funny because it's morning wood. Got it. Get that? That's Got it. Um, Banking the Billionaire by Max Monroe, Pucked by Helena Hunting, which has been on the list twice now. 44 Chapters About Four Men by B.B. Easton. The Locker Room by Megan Quinn. Fumbled Love by Leela Rose. Mr. McCotty by Pippa Grant. Good Boy by Serena Bowen and L. Kennedy, which also has appeared again. Uh, Good Girl by Jenna Aston. If you want quirky, silly, and slightly crazy, you can never go wrong with Jaina Aston, um, uh, Max Monroe, and Pippa Grant. So there you go. Excellent. Um, you guys, seriously, thank you so much for participating in this. Um, it's, I'm not gonna lie, it's been a lot of work for me. Um, but it's been fun and I love kind of having, I mean, I've gotten so many yeah recommendations from, from doing this and, um, I hope that you guys have Whenever liked- I think I like, I'm some kind of romance book expert and cause I've read so many romance books and we have a podcast about romance books and so I must be a romance book expert. And then you guys throw names at me. It's like, I have never heard of these people before. So <laughs> I've never heard I, of this I, book. I need to I've read, never heard of this author. I need to read way more. Yeah. Um, and I just love having kind of this like little reference guide that we can refer back to for, uh, new people who want to try romance. And I hope that, you know, maybe you guys can use it for your friends and, um, it's just fun to have in general, I guess. Um, okay. Thanks so much for joining us again. If you would like to join us on August 16th for the intimacy experiment by Rosie Dannon. And we're going to have Rosie Dannon on the show. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. 
Alright. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye, guys. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.